Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Royal Miles Hall. Due to no service because of the weather, we are replaying the service from January the 17th, 2021, the second Sunday after Epiphany. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lector is Rhonda Weirs. Thank you to Kevin and Annette Smith for sponsoring this broadcast. Thank you for joining us today. Come, thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. While the hope of endless glory fills my heart with joy and love, Teach me ever to adore Thee. May I still Thy goodness prove. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, Daily I'm constrained to be. Let that grace now, like a fetter, Bind my wandering heart to Thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Let us begin with confession and forgiveness. I'll invite you to open to page 94 in the front of your hymnal. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power and your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us sing our gathering song, Will You Come and Follow Me? Mm-hmm. 
Our service continues on page 98. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We speak the Kyrie and the Canticle of Praise refrain. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and who all who are here to offer their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Will you join with me in the prayer of the day as it's printed in your bulletin insert? Thanks be to you, Lord Jesus Christ, most merciful Redeemer, for the countless blessings and benefits you give. May we know you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly, day by day, praising you with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Day by day, day by day, oh dear Lord, three things I pray, to see Thee more clearly, to love Thee more dearly, to follow Thee more nearly, day by day. God's word. 
The first reading is from 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10 and 11 through 20. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord again called, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, Here I am. Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew, the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. This morning's psalm is Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6 and 13 through 18. Please read responsively. Lord, you have searched me out. I, Lord, you have known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You trace my journeys and my resting places and are acquainted with all my ways. Indeed, there is not a word on my lips, but you, O oh Lord, know it altogether. 
You encompass me behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. For you yourself created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will thank you because I am marvelously made. Your works are wonderful and I know it well. My body was not hidden from you while I was being made in secret and woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my limbs, yet unfinished in the womb. All of them were written in your book. My days were fashioned before they came to be. How deep I find your thoughts, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I were to count them, they would be more in number than the sand. To count them all, my lifespan would need to be like yours. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Do you know that whoever is united to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is said, the two shall be one flesh. But anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. We'll speak the gospel acclamation. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. Our gospel is from St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said to him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no guile or deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe me because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly, I tell you, 
you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Will you join your heart with me in prayer? Indeed, Lord, you search me out, you know me, my moments and my thoughts, and you discern my cries, you trace my journeys, my resting places, and you know all my ways. There is no place on earth nor heaven I am hidden from you, and still you love me, you call me your own. Teach me your ways, O Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. Today's Old Testament and Gospel lessons offer us epiphanies of our Lord in our everyday lives. I'd like to focus on these two texts, the one from uh, the Old Testament in our Gospel lesson, but I want to hold these two questions in mind as I open these up for us this morning. The question is this, do we trust God enough to offer Him our heartfelt prayers and petitions. And the second question is, do we seek the presence of the Lord or choose to ignore his calling? Well, let me begin. Before the Lord called Samuel, Hannah, his mother, was unable to have children, and her husband Elkaniah loved her dearly. Each year, Elkaniah would travel to the temple, making animal sacrifices to God for the forgiveness of the sins committed by himself and his family. For Hannah, he offered double portion, possibly feeling that the Lord was punishing her. Year after year, this would take place. Hannah's sadness reached a breaking point. She went to the temple to present herself before the Lord, and standing in the doorway of the Lord's dwelling, she poured out her heart, asking for forgiveness and petitioning the Lord for a son. Eli, the temple priest, observed Hannah's behavior in the doorway and told her to straighten up. Humbly, she shared, my contrite spirit was offering up to the Lord a silent prayer, and I was offering up and requesting a petition to the Lord. She was not drunk as Eli had supposed. And then Eli tells Hannah, go in peace and God grant your petition. In due time, she conceived a son, and after his birth, she and Elkaniah named him Samuel, which means I have asked of the Lord of him. When Samuel was old enough to care for himself, Hannah brought him to Eli to be a servant of the Lord. In our gospel lesson, Jesus is calling together his disciples. And here we encounter Philip and Nathanael. Philip, while in Galilee, was approached by Jesus, the anointed one spoken by the prophets. And Philip knew in his heart that this was the Messiah, Jesus. Follow me was Jesus' invitation to Philip. Without hesitation, he answers, here I am, I'm your servant. Samuel rests overnight near the ark of the Lord in the temple. And unlike Philip's day, there were few prophecies and visions other than the law of Moses. 
The Lord who will call Philip calls Samuel. And Samuel hears his name being called four times, assuming that Eli is calling because he doesn't know the Lord yet. And he goes to his mentor's side. Eli will realize that Samuel is being called by the Lord, and he invites him to say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. What happens next is powerful. The very next morning, Eli will go to Samuel to find out what God had shared with him. And Eli will demonstrate integrity before God and Samuel by accepting the consequences for his failure to act, failure to teach and discipline his sons to fear and to love God and to care for their neighbor. Young Samuel will become a trusted servant of the Lord as well as Philip. Nathaniel, approached by the excited Philip, proclaiming, We have found the Messiah! Nathaniel, under his breath, questions Jesus' authority. Our gospel gives us another divine moment. Locking eyes with Nathaniel, Jesus speaks directly to his heart. Aha, an Israelite who, is true, who has true intentions not to deceive anyone and whose actions are genuine. Words said as if Jesus knew Nathanael in a very real way. In surprise, he asked, where did you get to know me? Jesus traces his journey. He traces his resting spots. He knew all his ways, much like the woman at the well. Jesus knows his true character. And so Nathanael knows Jesus is the Son of God. Returning to my earlier question, do we trust God enough to offer him our heartfelt prayers and petitions? Hannah went to the Lord. She prayed fervently for forgiveness, and she boldly petitioned for a son, not out of selfishness, but seeking the Lord's will to raise up a child to love the Lord and serve others through sacrificial love. Her silent prayer was done not out of self-pity, but rather a prayer already known to God, delivered from a bleeding heart and a contrite spirit. When we come to our breaking point, do we pray and petition to our Lord? Or are we angry with God, believing he has allowed or caused our pain and our suffering and our hardship to persist? Hannah trusted and sought after a loving father. She knew, like Nathaniel, goes to meet the Lord. Recently, I was visiting with Gary Zumba and had a wonderful visit, by the way. And at the end of that visit, he brings out this box of videos. And one of them is... uh, Heaven is for real. And he asked me to bring them back here to Wayne Zion to put into the library so that the library committee can look through them and determine what ones need to make the shelf and maybe ones that won't make the cut. Well, so interested in that video, Heaven is for real, Liz and I cracked it open and watched it that night. 
And I picked up the book the next day and began reading about this Wesleyan pastor who had gone through a torturous time playing uh, baseball, co-ed baseball, it might have been softball, uh, running for third base, he slid and he had a spiral fracture and broken ankle in two places. He really messed up and it hurt. After that, he had back spasms and then he had passed seven kidney stones. Now, I've never have ever experienced it, but what I'm told is it is deeply painful. And these kidney stones were the size that they could be passed through the urethra. And so he struggled with that. It took him 10 days to pass seven stones. And then he discovered a lump in his chest and had a lumpectomy. So he had really been through a torturous time. Then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, their son, Colton, a young boy of three and a half, has a fever, and he has stomach pain. And uh, they don't know why, but there's stomach flu going through the community. And so they cast it off, and his fever breaks. But again, he has this excruciating pain. And uh, they take him to the doctor, and the doctor rules out an appendix issue, appendicitis. And they begin to treat and give him um, hydration because he's vomiting violently every 30 minutes. And the dad and the mom are just, wow, what can we do? And, and praying to God. They finally decided that they needed to pull him out of that hospital in their hometown in Imperial, Nebraska. By the way, this is a true story. And they go to uh, North Platte, Nebraska, to the Children's Medical Center or to the major university medical center. And they run a, a number of tests. And it turns out that this poor little boy's appendix ruptured. And his whole insides were infected severely. And there was a very real chance he was not going to make it. The dad, wanting to be strong for Colton and his mom, Sonia, Todd goes into an empty room in the hospital, maybe a small room. And he just reached his breaking point, and he shouted, and he cursed God for what was happening. Is it not enough that I break my legs so severely? Is it not enough that I pass seven kidney stones? Is it not enough I have a cancer scare with a lepeptomy? That now, Lord, you want to take my son? How dare you? And then Sonia the mom is on the phone talking to people from their community inciting prayer. Colton would be in the operating for six hours. All indications indicated that the boy never died. Clinically, he was alive. But after this episode, he did survive. And while at home, back in Imperial, Nebraska, 
he begins to reveal things that he had seen and experienced. He had sat on the lap of Jesus. He had seen his dad's grandfather pop. Things that you couldn't explain. Yeah, we can, we can maybe explain sitting on Jesus' lap. But seeing a grandfather you'd never met and seeing him as a child in heaven really threw this pastor to begin questioning his faith. And then Colton shares out of the blue, I saw you because Jesus shared with me how you prayed and cursed God and how mom on the phone prayed with people. And he was like, mom and dad are like, how did you even know that? You were in the operating room for six hours. How did you know that? And that gets me to this point to trust and to believe. And this is what Todd writes about the power of prayer. What I had learned, I was reminded yet again I could be real with God. I told my fellow pastors, he was at a conference and was sharing this experience, I learned that I didn't have to offer some kind of churchy, holy-sounding prayer in order to be heard in heaven. You might as well tell God what you think, I said. He already knows it anyway. Most importantly of all, I learn that I am heard. We all are. I had been a Christian since childhood and as a pastor for half my life, so I believed that before, but now I knew it. How? As the nurses revealed my son away, screaming, Daddy, Daddy, don't let them take me, when I was angry at God because I couldn't go to my son, hold him and comfort him, God's son was holding him in his lap. What does the Bible say about praying? Janice Lasley, one of our Stephen ministers, found this wonderful book that she purchased for all of our Stephen ministers and has it in the the Stephen minister library as well. It's called Bible Promises for You. Here in Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Matthew 6, 6. When you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In Matthew 6, 7. And when you pray, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. What if we have no prayer or petition to offer? Well, let me remind us that Jesus taught us a prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, in this prayer are petitions before God, seven to be exact. The third petition, thy will be done. Luther taught in a small catechism, the good and gracious will of God is always done. 
he asks, we ask this, so it may be done also among us. God is always listening, always present, and offers us words when we have none. I invite us, like Hannah and Philip, to trust God's benevolent presence. My second question, do we seek the presence of the Lord or choose to ignore his calling? Samuel, Philip, and Nathaniel chose to heed the Lord's calling. Samuel with the epiphany of God's divine voice, and Philip and Nathaniel with the epiphany of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. So what about us? In my pastoral letter this week, I invited us to put eyes of faith on, to see beyond what we hold to be true, to see with eyes of faith as God sees us. To do so, we need to open ourselves to God's presence here and now, to imagine the love of Christ flowing in and through and out of us, and not only us, but also others. To do so, we need to be as vulnerable as Nathaniel. Philip uses the same words that Jesus does in gathering his disciples and in John's gospel calling his readers to come and see. Come and see. Nathaniel goes even though he doubts, as we do. And Jesus shares, do not doubt, rather have faith and know me. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I believe our epiphany is God's magnificent presence in our midst, not light years away, but here, now. Come and see heaven open. Taste and see the Lord is good and receive God's grace and mercy and love for yourself. Will you use the faith that God has given you that's found in Christ to see the world? Are you willing to be changed and never be the same? Dear friends, God searches us and knows us and discerns our cries, traces our journeys, and our resting places, and knows all our ways. And yes, this magnificent God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit forgives us over and over and over again. This is where we need to place our trust. If you place it in me or place it in others, we will fail you. Not because we want to, it is because we're human. He comes by the way of the cross. And as Colton shares in the book and the movie, Jesus had markers. Markers that were here, 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 and on his feet. What three-and-a-half-year-old knows he dies for us. He loves us and brings us to eternal life both now and not yet. The gospel of our Lord, the epiphany of our Lord. Amen.
service continues on page 105. Will you join with me in the sharing of our affirmation of faith? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Guided by Christ, made known to the nations, let us offer our prayers for the church, the world, and all people in need. For the body of Christ gathered throughout the world and for all servants of the gospel, that following Jesus the church lives out her calling every day, let us pray, have mercy, O God. For the well-being of creation, for plants and animals, for all that God has marvelously made, that we serve as wise stewards of the earth, let us pray, mercy, O God. For law enforcement and firefighters, for leaders of government that provide protection for all people, especially the most vulnerable, we pray for the health and our democracy and its leaders, that those elected to serve may utilize government structures and processes to promote the common good. Let us pray. For all Iowa government and elected official staff and for all who work, in and around our Iowa State Capitol, for all who work in federal and state governments, including elected officials, their staffs, deployed National Guard troops, and those overseeing the peaceful transfer of the presidency this week, let us pray. Have mercy, O God. For those lacking food or shelter, for those who are sick or grieving, for those who are imprisoned and homebound, we especially name before you this day Carol Helgens, Marla Walters, Gwen Edwards, Kalinda Statmuller, Sandy Taylor, Marcia Cray, Barbara Tobiason, Tony Detbarn, Floyd Reddy, Marlene Faulkner, Nathan Miller, and others that we name silently in our hearts. We pray encouragement for Vicar Holly Naus and protection for our sons now serving in the military, Dustin Starn, Ben Harms, David Frankford, and Trevor Owen. Let us pray. For those who struggle with COVID-19, for those who care for them, for the fast and orderly distribution of the vaccine to greatly reduce further spread of the coronavirus, let us pray. For our neighbors, for visitors joining us through this web, uh, through our website and watching this video of worship. For those who are coming to us for the first time, those returning and for those absent from our assembly this morning, that all who seek to know God are nourished by word and sacrament, let us pray. Have mercy, O God. In thanksgiving for the saints who have gone before us, we give thanks for Joyce Harris and Betty Woken 
that their lives give us a vision of the gospel in action. Let us pray. Merciful God, hear the prayers of your people spoken or silent for the sake of the one who dwells among us, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. We continue with our offering, and as we do, we sing our offertory hymn. pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish the whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care and prepare us now for the feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Holy One, in the beginning and the end, the giver of life, Blessed are you for the birth of creation. Blessed are you in the darkness and in the light. Blessed are you for your promise to your people. Blessed are you in the prophet's hopes and dreams. Blessed are you for Mary's openness to your will. Blessed are you for your son, Jesus Christ, word made flesh and lived among us. In the night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat, this is my body given for you, do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, after giving thanks, he gave the cup to all to drink, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died Christ is risen, Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your word dwelling among us full of grace and truth. We remember our new birth and his death and resurrection, and we look with hope to his coming. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy God, we long for your spirit. Come among us. Bless this meal. May your word take flesh in us. Awaken your people. Fill us with your light. Bring the gift of peace on earth. Come, Holy Spirit. All praise and glory are yours, Holy One of Israel, Word of God incarnate, power of the Most High, one God now and forever. Amen. I invite the congregation to rise. Gathered as one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You can be seated and I'll invite my communion assistants to come forward and to receive the Lord's Supper, and as I take a look at this, we will start on this side with Bill and Doreen once we're set up. Um, 
Hand-washing stations are there for you to use as we've done it in the past. Kind of give yourself some distance. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. We sing our sending song. Will you come and follow me? Stanza five. Peace be the light of Christ. Thanks be to God. Liturgy Copyright 2021 Augsburg Fortress. All rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license number A 729734. All rights reserved.